0: Just simple acts. It wasn't the kind of overbearing kindness where they come to you and they say, is there anything I can do to you? Is there a program I can get you in? Is there something I can do to make you better? How can I help you? It was literally just sitting down next to me. Hey, would you like a meal? Let's watch a movie. Treat me like it was a Tuesday. Treat me like I was a person. And when someone treats you like you're a person, when you don't even feel like you're human, it'll change your entire world.
1: That's Aaron Stark. And this is The Depression... Detox Show Hello And welcome back To the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Wednesday. I am grateful for you tuning in with me today, and we have a new featured speaker. And today's message message will teach us an, an incredible lesson of how one small, seemingly insignificant act can change the trajectory of someone's life forever. But before we jump into today's clip, as a word of warning, if you have any little ones listening, you may want to listen to it first to see if it's suitable for them to listen to because he does go into a little bit of uh, ideations about the use of weapons and the possibility of committing a, a heinous act. So check it out before they listen to it and with that said let's jump into today's clip with aaron stark enjoy in
0: 1996 denver colorado as a student of north high in a moment of pain and anger i almost committed a terrible atrocity growing up i learned early on there was a strange comfort and calmness in darkness I was always the new kid. My family was very violent and aggressive, drug-addicted parents. We were moving from place to place a lot. Went to 30 or 40 different schools. Always seemed to be the, going to a new school every other week. You woke up at four o'clock in the morning by some cops who run across the country to get away from them and then end up at a school I'd only be at for a couple weeks and then have to do it all again a couple days later. Was the perpetual new kid. And since I also had such an unstable household, wasn't helped by the fact that I smelled really bad because I never had a shower or didn't really have any clean clothes, so I never really had any. All my clothes were dirty and torn. I had a weight problem. I was smart. I liked comic books at a time when kids didn't really like people who liked comic books that much. So every time I went to a new school, I was in a whole new set of bullies. They'd do things like walk up to me and shoot me with a harpoon like I was a whale or dump food on my head because they said I was too fat. But the bullying wasn't just at home or wasn't just at school. It happened at home a lot, too. I was told I was worthless by just about everybody in my life. And when you're told you're worthless enough, you will believe it. Then you're going to do everything you can to make everybody else agree with it too. And so I did. I wrapped that darkness around me like a blanket and used it as a shield. It would keep the few that would agree with me close, but it kept everybody else away. I always had heard in life that there was good people and bad people. I must be one of the bad people, so I guess I would have to just do what I was supposed to do. So I got really aggressive. 12, 13 years old, I got really into heavy metal music and I was the mosh pit when I went to concerts. The abuse just never seemed to stop. I got into cutting around 14 or 15 because I figured that there was all this uh, extreme emotion going on in my life I had absolutely no control over, had to find some way to find control over something, so I took to cutting myself. I still have the scars to this day. 15, 16 years old, I was ended up homeless. My parents had long ago kicked me out because I didn't want to deal with their drunken fighting anymore, so I was living on the streets. I had thought I had pushed all my other friends away too, shoved them all away by lying to them or stealing from them or doing everything that my family taught me how to react to everybody, which was the complete wrong way of how to to react. But I had no idea. I was just going on what I was taught. Finally, 16 years old, I'm sitting in my best friend's shed who I thought I had already pushed away too by stealing from him and lying from him, laying in this shed with the roof wide open, rain pouring down on me into a dungy-graced chair that was covered in cobwebs and dirt, hadn't been touched in months. And I'm sitting there with my arm covered in blood, knowing that if I didn't do something, I was going to kill myself soon. So I did the only thing I could think of to do. Grabbed a phone book and I called social services. So when I went to social services, Sadly, they didn't just bring me in there. They also took my mom in there, too, who happened to be one of the largest sources of my pain growing up. And since she had spent her entire life running from place to place and dealing with social workers and police officers, she knew exactly what to say to get get them to believe that I was just making it all up. It was all just an act. I was just doing it for attention. Then they sent me home with her. And as they sent me home with her, she turned to me and she said, next time you should do a better job and I'll buy you the razor blades. My heart just got ripped out of me. That point, completely, that darkness that I've been staring at for so long, I just ran headlong into it. I had nothing left to live for. I literally had nothing to lose, and when you have nothing to lose, you have every, you can do anything, and that is a terrifying thought. I decided that my act of doing something was I was going to express my extreme anger and rage by getting a gun. I was going to attack either my school or a mall food court. really didn't matter to me which one. It wasn't about the people. It was about the largest amount of damage in the shortest amount of time with the least amount of security. Both those places were ripe targets. So I wish I had a better story about actually getting a gun, but that was actually really rather businesslike. There was some gangbanger kids near my school. It was back in the mid-90s when gangs were still a rather major problem in North Denver schools. And this kid had seen me, he knew me from my family, and he'd sold drugs to them before, and he knew that I wasn't really in school, I was just always at school, so he knew I wasn't a narc or anything like that. But didn't know him anything more than a first name, but that didn't really take anything more than that. I knew that they had access to guns, they talked about it all the time. So I went up to him and said, hey, can you get me a gun? Sure, get me an ounce. All right, give me three days. That was it. I was waiting to get myself a gun so I could kill a lot of people. But thankfully, I wasn't alone in that darkness. That best friend who had saved me, who I was sleeping in his shed, he saw the place that I was in. Even though I had stolen from him and lied to him and took in his belongings and ruined it all, he didn't care. He still brought me in and showed me acts of kindness, just simple acts. It wasn't the kind of overbearing kindness where they come to you and they say, is there anything I can do to you? Is there a program I can get you in? Is there something I can do to make you better? How can I help you? It was literally just sitting down next to me, hey, Would you like a meal? Let's watch a movie. Treat me like it was a Tuesday. Treat me like I was a person. And when someone treats you like you're a person, when you don't even feel like you're human, it'll change your entire world. And it did to me. He stopped me with his acts of kindness from committing that atrocity that day. If you see someone who's in that spot that needs that love, give it to them. Love the ones you feel deserve it the least because they need it the most. It'll help you just like as much as it helps them. We're in a really big, dangerous spot right now with this trend of arming the teachers and looking out for the kids who might be the threat in schools and maybe turning them into the FBI. What's that going to do to a kid who's in the position that I was in 25 years ago who's alone and depressed and abused and is just sitting there hurting and someone thinks that they're a threat? So it gets turned to the FBI and one month of pain turns into a lifetime of legal trouble because one person thought he was going to be a problem. Instead of looking at that kid like he's a threat, look at him like he might be a friend. Look at him like you might be able to bring him into your fold. Show him that it's just a Tuesday. Show him that he's worth it. Show him that he can exist in this pain, even though it's intense, that at the end of it, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I found my light. Now I'm a happy family man. I have a father of four. My wife and my daughter are in the audience today. And even bigger than that, even bigger than that, the friend who saved my life, he's in the audience today, too, because friendship doesn't ever really die. We have to give love to the people who we think deserve it the least. Thank you.
1: big thanks to Aaron Stark for stopping by. And I searched and I searched and I searched, but I couldn't find any links to share with you to connect with him or his work. But I hope that we can feature him on a future episode and be able to share some resources with you. But I will have a link to today's entire talk. It will be in the show description below. So you can go check that out. And don't forget, to follow the show share it or leave a rating and review on apple Podcasts or spotify podcast i greatly 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 appreciate you for it and that is a wrap for me i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and i'll see you back here friday so until then stay strong later